What's the easiest choice you can make? Window instead of middle seat? Picking a vendor who sends a great gift basket? Outsourcing business tasks you hate? What about selling with Shopify? Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage? Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash try. Go to shopify.com slash try now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash try. Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Welcome to the number one Bengals Bengals podcast Bengals podcast I'm your host Daddy McDook I'm yeah. joined as always by Dr. Hoji Dr. Kismoji That's right And John George Michael Sheeran I don't know who else Oh is that's it? the best That's the best one You got, you got a careless know. whisper Yeah Yeah and right. you got to have faith He's had faith since the 90s We've yeah. had faith. And he's been whispering in our ears, the Bengals. Yeah. And yeah. But but they're getting uh, there. Now there is more than one crooner, Daddy. Yeah. Yeah, because that's I right. A, I have a mic too. You do. Oji has a I'm mic. I'm dreaming of an AFC victory. There we go. And uh, no, but uh, John actually has a, a whisperer, a what is a careless whisperer who basically seduced him. I don't know what the word is, but John actually went to the game because there is someone who's a big fan of his, took him to the game. John, tell us about that, the story. Shout out Ron Spatola, who is a Bengals fan and an avid CJ reader, and I believe he watches this show too, and I don't know why he wouldn't if he's such a big Bengals fan. It was amazing. It was one of the best 36-hour spans of really my life, honestly. It's, it's just somewhere in there in the top 10 just the night before the game and all day during the all, all day of the day of the game just meeting up with everyone beforehand great seats to watch that game unfold and it, it was it was just perfect man honestly like and, and yeah, what I, was the best moment of the game for you john i'll be honest man like that we were walking out of the stadium and everyone is just on this insane high everyone is chanting who day and i'm like capturing some of it on my phone just to try to get some content and I, I just think like just the emotion of everything kind of just kind of overtook me and like I took a knee like outside of outside of the stadium and just had to kind of gather myself and it's just like I remember feeling the exact opposite of this you know growing up seeing this team yeah. in this situation and then to see the reverse of that and how it all played out it was just it was just a lot and you know after that it was just nothing but pure 
jubilation at the sight of a, a team winning when they were supposed to, and that's just not always been the case in Cincinnati. Yeah, and and uh, what I love the most is. Joe Burrow is so nonchalant about it. When they ask him, why are you so nonchalant? He's like, you guys got to get used to this because this is going to be yeah. happening a lot around here. This is, but yeah. that was that's the thing because like there was none of that anxiety in the locker room because how could you feel that way when your quarterback carries yourself like that? That, that win on yeah, Saturday yeah. was more for the city and the fans. And now everyone is on the same page. Like, this is, this is the standard. Let's go. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, yeah, that is the standard. And we're going to talk about that game. So but, when we talk emotion, Dadio talks money. So Dadio. Well, well, no. I mean, who could have predicted that I could have? But who else could have predicted that Joe Burrow would throw over seventy percent complete of his passes and have was a hundred and hundred QB rating in his first start? Only the third quarterback to do that the last thirty years, as Rebecca Toback pointed out on Twitter. And if you had predicted that and gone to Bengals picks. I'm not sure, but I think you could have been a millionaire by by yeah. this week. You and would Daddy would have picks. gotten three dollars. I would have gotten three dollars if you use if you use yeah if you use that link, which is in the description, and you'll see it at the bottom of the screen, uh, bangerspick dot something. But you have to use just that link. Yeah. Any other link? And, and the uh, Russian spyware uh, comes right. Well, on the I computer. don't know about Russian. Maybe yeah. I don't know some some sort of spyware. It could be from it could be from like a, a maybe a pizza China. store, yeah. Uh, but but yeah. So use that link, and also go to Brinks.tv. You can watch us there. You can watch us there, and it is yeah. a much higher quality. Uh, you can actually yes count the hairs in our in our facial hair, and yeah. that is a, a great feature there. But also, Courtney has a as a new show she wants me to talk about. It is uh, it is hosted by Anthony Scaramucci. No, it's called uh, "Don't Bust My Balls," nope. and it is about it is basically about all of the PC and the the wrong kind of politics that have entered into sports, no. and they're no. they're taking away from the fun of the game. No, no. this exists entirely in your imagination. No, but but really, they also Don't have the bring Courtney into your fan your crazy. Conspiracy-ridden fantasies. Well, leave they also our have producer out of it. Brinks.tv. No, they seriously have uh, Shield Your Babies from the NFL show. Okay, that they have. And it is. And this recent week, because the Bengals won, they had Felicia Reader, the mother of DJ Reader, on the show. And listen to this: what she she proposed, Courtney. Uh, battery-operated elect- electric blankets to wear to keep. The football players warm so they don't catch a cold during the game. These are, this is one of the new proposals for NFL games to keep the babies, keep the the they are not know, these babies. mothers. They're not they, babies. The children. They're NFL well, they, players. They're, to their moms, they are. They're to big boys. They are. These are like well, this is hosted by NFL moms. Bouncing baby boys. Okay, okay, we are getting off topic. So, what just happened, John? The Bengals, obviously, they won their first playoff game. Since yeah. 1991, John wouldn't be born for another like 20 years no. after that. So he has no, he no idea what life looked like back then. But Hoji and I remember. Yeah, I remember. I remember, I remember yeah. the the pleated pants. Do you remember pleats? Right. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. I remember. John. Yeah. You know, if you wanted a cell phone, it was like as heavy as a as, as a laptop and almost. That's as true. Big. Yeah. yeah. A lot of great movies. 
lot of great, great movies, movies cassette well. tapes then cds yeah i remember that yeah and uh it was uh, it was it was a crazy time to be bengal's fan because we lost you know we won the game in the playoffs and we lost and it's like okay well it's okay next year maybe the year after that we'll be back no one ever at that time imagined we would have the kind of and by the way Paul Brown passed away later in 1991 Correct. after he won the playoff game. Yeah. And nobody knew the kind of impact that would have on the franchise. And we waited and waited until really, like I said, I mean, Joe Burrow, you look at some of the stats, John, what he was able to do in that playoff game, what he was able to do in terms of changing the culture of the franchise. And also someone pointed out on Twitter, this late season run, you know, everybody said it was the toughest stretch of the, of the, of the Bengals' schedule. And we go 6-2, and two, and he, he was fantastic. 18 touchdowns, three interceptions. And he just carried that over like nothing. You know, I saw, I don't want to bring up names, but the previous Bengals quarterback who played in four playoff games for us, you look at his EPA in the playoffs and you compare it to Joe Burrow's on the chart, and like one is on one extreme and one is on the other. So it's like, you know, basically the worst kind of QB play to the best kind of QB play. And guess what? The curse has been broken, as they say. Yeah. Well, you know what was interesting in this game? And this is something that I didn't think about until today, actually. I look back at the Bengals-Texans round two playoff game, and like, it would be January 2013. And now A.J. Green didn't have like a single target in that entire first half, and everyone remembers the play where Dalton barely overthrew Green in the end zone that with what would have been the... Yeah. Yes. What did I say? Yeah. Oh, I thought you said Titans, but yeah, yeah. Sorry. Yeah. I think you oh, said Texans. Yeah. Go I ahead. meant Texans if I didn't say Texans. Anyways, th- compare that game to this one, where the Bengals' new number one receiver Jamar Chase gets four targets in the first drive. He gets yeah. six touches in the first half. All of them go for first downs. He b- nearly sets the franchise record for receiving yards in the playoff game, and he just has a typical Jamar Chase game. And you look at just how the Bengals moved the ball in this game. It wasn't very flashy. There wasn't a lot of explosive plays. We knew that the Raiders were going to keep everything in front of them. And the Bengals came out with a better plan of attacking the, 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 the Raiders defense through the air than they did back in week 11. There was a lot of cover three beaters underneath, a lot of hitches, a lot of, a lot of curls, a lot of slants, and everything outside of the numbers that was all Jamar Chase. And that was a lot with what Joe Burrow had to do in terms of getting just a, a productive, solid day, like 24 for 34 for 244 and two touchdowns. It's nothing flashy, but you compare that to other first starts for, for quarterbacks in playoff games, and it's it's monumental. And a lot of it is just because I think there's a un, better understanding of how to maximize this talent compared to past Bengals teams in the playoffs, and that was a huge difference as to why they came out on top here and why they were so unsuccessful the first seven times. You know, yeah, and that's you know, the thing. There was a kind of audacity to the fact that, they, that the Raiders knew that it was going to be Burrow Chase, and yet it continued to be Burrow Chase. And I will say that audacity was great in the first half. Wanted to see a little bit more of it in in the second half. You do remember that one drive when they could have put the game away, and I I pointed this out on our last show, they went, uh, I think it was Mixon, and then a handoff to Chase or a toss back to Chase, and then it was something on the third down, some failed pass. They didn't, well, they didn't get the, the yards that they needed and then a punt. And then the game is, it, it, it went all the way up until sec, the, the zero second marker when it didn't really need to. So I think you yeah. keep that audacity going because that's what makes the Bengals the Bengals is that, is that I know, I'm, you know, I'm going to pass to Chase and I know I'm going to pass to Chase. Well, you know who and else was a big, 
who else was a big factor in offense? Adam Pacman Jones predicted CJ yeah. Uzama, yeah. and he was. He had the first yeah. touchdown. He had he like 60, 70 yards. He looked great. He was very energetic. And uh, he also said, Pacman, that Derek Carr would crumble under pressure. He had that obviously that you know that forced fumble, and then he had the interception to end the game. Yeah, but so Derek Carr really didn't crumble. I mean, Derek Carr was in it all the way till the end. You know what I would say about that game, John, is that we should have won by two or three scores. You yes. know, we should have won by a lot more. And there was a lot of times we didn't capitalize on being so close to the, you know, to the, to the end zone. But also, I feel like we took our foot off the pedal in the second half a little bit. Uh, yeah, I, I was saying that. And yes, John agrees. And then no. also, no. I mean, not really, no. No. John, no. But, but what I mean is, we were on a roll early on. I think it was 26. It could have been like, you know, 28 or something, six. It could have been a lot more. Yeah. And then the Raiders saw that they were still in it and they came back. I, what I'm trying to say is, I think that it was the first playoff game for a lot of these guys, a lot of young guys. And I think it's not just about the Bengals. I think any team in that situation, their first game, is not going to be, you know, they're getting the jitters out. So what I'm saying, and this is to segue into our next segment, I think the Bengals are going to play a lot more relaxed and yes. be themselves in the second playoff game. And to discuss that, we have two very special oh, yeah. guests. I'm talking about Davy Hudson, oh, who yes. is a star for Fox News Sports, the, the Fair and Balanced Sports Network, and former Tennessee Titan who played in the Super Bowl against the Rams, yeah. Mr. Denard Walker. Welcome to the show. Hey, guys. How are we all doing today? We Thanks are good. Guys. Thank you for having us. Welcome to the show, guys. So, <laughs> Davey and Denard, when you look at this matchup and you have your star, Derek Hendry, probably back, maybe not 100% back, you have a team that started 8-2 and two and then kind of kept things afloat, you know, to end the season. And it still captured the number one seed. But everybody yeah. knows, perhaps the MVP of the league, Derek Henry, was not there. And now they were just, you know, leaving a space for him. There are other, other running backs trying to fill the void, but just holding down the fort until he comes back. What, do you, what is the state of the Titans in your mind? To get things started, I mean, you talk about losing Derrick Henry. I know all the national media outlets at that point were saying the Titans' season is over. There's no way they can overcome this. And since he went down, the Titans have gone 6-3 and three and managed to lock up the one seed in the AFC. It bought them a bye week. And right before we came on, guys, I looked at the Titans' injury report, and it was the shortest I have seen this entire season. The Titans set a record in the NFL for using 91 players on the active roster this year. And it is something to where now you see – the Titans finally getting healthy, and so you're interested to look at this team and be like, all right, what are they able to do now that they have all their pieces? Because it wasn't just Derek that was out for times. They were missing A.J. Brown. They were missing Julio Jones, key pieces on the defensive side of the ball as well. And so now everything's coming together to where you're like, 
the atmosphere in Nissan Stadium is going to be electric. Getting to see Derek get back out on the field, even though it's not been confirmed yet, everything is looking as though he is set to play this coming Saturday. And the fans of both fan bases are really excited to have this divisional round. And I, I know you guys talked about it early on in the show, getting that win after that in the playoffs that has eluded Cincinnati for multiple decades now. And so having a guy like Joe Burrow come in and really, I think what a lot of people are saying, it's kind of he's a year ahead of schedule for what most people thought. I mean, you sit back, you watch him. He's soon going to be talked about in that same light as we're currently seeing Patrick Mahomes and Josh Allen. And the sky's the limit for what he's able to do. And I mean, I'll let Denard talk a little bit more about that. Denard, an LSU alum and has followed both Joe and Jamar Chase uh, through the years. And, and so it's, I think whenever you look at it, it should be a great showing for both teams come Saturday. Well, let, let me ask Denard something, which is Derek Andrew coming back. He's probably going to play, but Mike Verbal pointed out that, hey, this guy hasn't gotten hit for a while, you know, and he's uh, a running back. And that's what they need. They need... They need to get, I don't know what he means. I hope he doesn't, you know, punch him or something. I think he means he needs to play football. He's not going to urban mire him, no. No. But, but, he, but basically he's saying this guy needs to get in there and get used to playing, you know, football before we're really ready to unleash him, you know? And I know you played a different position. It's probably different, but you saw a lot of running backs come back from injury and maybe not be ready to go right away. Well, it, it doesn't matter the position. Um, it, it's also just depends on the the player. Uh, Derek is a is a freak of nature. You know, if you watch the guy through his off season program, uh, I like to follow his vlog on YouTube. And one of the things you noticed about Derek is he works out year round. He takes care of his bodies. And one of the things I tell uh, a lot of young players is the way that you have longevity in this league is you don't take no off season. There's no such thing as an off season. And if there's one player in this league that can come back from a foot injury uh, in a short period of time, it is the King Derrick Henry. But I like to say right now is when you look at this running back committee, uh, they've gotten better. I like this committee because if you look at it, De- uh, Deontay Foreman has stepped up and he's played well in Derek's absence. If you watch him the last three games, he has balled. He's looked like the player that was drafted uh, out of the third round out of the University of Houston back in 2017. Deontay's issue was never about could he play in a National Football League. It was, it was his durability. And that's what he showed. He showed resiliency. And when you look at this team, the theme uh, for the Titans this year has been strength in numbers. I mean, if you look at the players that they started with, and then you look over the, look at the players that they've had to use, think about players like Greg Maven, Buster Screen A. You talk about David Long Jr., how he stepped in and galvanized that defense, stepped in in the absence of Rashawn Evans, who was a starting linebacker in the beginning of the season. You talk about Dontre Hilliard. And what I love about this team is when you look at it and look at the number of players that they've used, uh, usually when you have that kind, that many injuries, uh, it does your season doesn't end well. If you look at last year, we're always, man, Davey talked about, uh, we look at the team like San Francisco in 2020. They finished 6-10 and 10 and they lost 84 players. And you look at the year prior to that in 2019, Miami went 5-11 and 11 and they lost 84 players. So when I think of this Titan team, I think of a team 
of a bunch of resilient players. And that's what they've been winning. They found strength in numbers. So once again, uh, they'll find it Sunday. And if Derek is a, a key piece of that puzzle, look out. Yeah. Well, I mean, I really like something you said, which is you talked about longevity and you didn't mention going vegan, which is what with my, my co-host, Hoji, uh, always, he says it's the only plant base. I imagine, no, I imagine Derek Henry has been eating every animal, every no. animal available to him. And that is why he's going to be back to full strength. And he's going to have the strength of all the animals he consumed. That is no, my understanding. Like no. but, I, but let me just, let me ask you this. So you're saying he works out, but from what I understand, it's very different. The strength and the, the physicality of, of working out and, and being in shape is very different from, from putting the pads yes. on and throwing yourself in there. Yeah. So if I imagine he's not going to have 20, more than 20 carries. So, well, so who I, is the next man up? You mentioned know. Don Shroud, you mentioned Deontay. They both have had good games. I see here that Don Shroud had 131 yards against the Pats. Deontay had 132 against the Dolphins. And he also had 108 against the Steelers. So they both had big games. So, so how are they going to divide carries in your mind? Well, that's a you know what great question. That's going to be up to the offensive coordinator Todd Downing. Uh, when a player comes back from injuries, first of all, it's hard to you can simulate something in practice, and then there's a difference in going into what we call game mode. Game mode is different. Game mode is when the adrenaline's flowing, and the problem is with a running back has he what are you going to do when you get hit and so it, it, it's going to be tough but i don't i'm not anticipating todd downing saying listen i'm going to load up the king and he's going to rush for 25 we don't even know if he's going to start but if he's active if he's active this game if they activate the king what i'm expecting tennessee to do is they're going to work him in the game plan i, I think deontay foreman is going to get the bulk of the carries I still think Dontrell's going to get some carries here and there, but you're going to see this team implement him in the offense, but they're going to do it slowly. I just, uh, it's hard to really simulate and practice uh, game type, what I call game type speed. And plus playoffs, it's different in the playoffs than regular season. The speed goes up about 100 notches. We saw that again with the Cincinnati Las Vegas game. You look at the New England game against Buffalo, the speed of the game changes. So what I'm anticipating this team doing is just getting him acclimated to the system, get him going slowly. As he gets going and get more in shape, give him more carries, uh, and then all of a sudden just let him go when it's time. But again, they're going to monitor Derek. And so what you don't want is a setback because to put if he has a setback, then that's going to carry over yeah. into the offseason. And that would be your worst nightmare as, as an organization. Well, I would say this. If they have to have Ryan Tannehill in a shootout, with Joe Burrow, I don't know if there's any indication that he can do that. If he can, you know, I mean, he had one good game against the Texans, I think. But other than that, he's been a very game manager -y type quarterback yeah. this season. And yeah, well, overall, stats, are, stats are misleading. One of the things that yeah. I don't focus on is stats. If you look at the game against Houston, see, Ron, Ron hasn't had all of his pieces all season. He's had a different supporting cast from... You think about it, this team started eight and two. And then look at look at the season afterwards. There's a different season, mid-season on to the finale. 
you know, it's hard for a quarterback. If he doesn't have the pieces around him to make plays, then they can't. And so what they've been able to do in the last, since the bye week is they started getting their players back. You got to understand that he didn't have no Julio. You go back to the Houston game, the first time they played him down in Nashville, when he threw, people wanted to talk about the four picks and the muff, uh, what I call the, the punt by Chester, but people focused on the interceptions. Listen, if you don't have your supporting cast, your Pro Bowl receiver from last year, AJ, if you don't have the Waffle House, the Waffle House is no other than Julio Jones, the first ballot Hall of Famer, and then your high man really was your fourth receiver coming into the season. I don't care what quarterback uh, you have. It's going to be hard to win or put up numbers, and that's what Ron's been able to do. Ron, that's what you want your quarterback. You want him to manage the game. You don't need a quarterback to go out there and throw for four or 500 yards because what happens is you put the whole game plan on his hands. So again, if you look at the Houston game, look at the first half. He was able to distribute the ball to 10 different players. That's Tennessee football. The uglier the game, the better that they play. So once again, I, I think he's played great considering the fact that what he's have to work with and again Ron Tannehill he's just being Ron Tannehill he's Mr. Consistency and when you let this guy go out and he has the pieces around him he's one of the most productive quarterbacks in the National Football League yeah but I mean you mentioned Julio Jones and maybe John can chime in David can chime in I don't know is he the same I mean he's not the same Julio Jones no is he, he even yeah is he well, even the top 30 receiver anymore he hadn't been this season. I mean, he's been battling a hamstring injury, and the Titans have not gotten what they've wanted to out of him. But uh, you look at his last game, he actually came out and had his probably one of his most productive days as a Titan against the Texans. You look at how the Titans have tried to get him implemented more into the offense, and a lot of it has to do with chemistry with Ryan. And, I mean, I know we asked the question about Ryan and kind of comparing him into a shootout with Joe Burrow. Even if Derek's not able to go, the team's still going to run the ball. I think whenever you look at the line of scrimmage for both these teams, Titans currently have the edge. I know the defensive line for the Bengals currently have a lot of guys banged up that could be a really big factor whenever you look at what Tennessee's wanting to do in that angle and with this offensive line healthy it they, they want to run first and they're going to I, I know Ryan's not going to get the same praise as a lot of the other quarterbacks especially the ones remaining in this league but the one fact that I love that Ryan whenever it does seem to be a time to come clutch since he's been the starter in Tennessee since 2019 he leads the league in fourth quarter comebacks and game winning drives at 13 so if it comes down to a crunch moment he's been known to put this team in positions to win and while it might not be the oh we're going to air it out and let him go whenever he does have A.J. Brown out there. It's a world of difference for this offense. And then once you add Derrick Henry back in there, and it, I, I could see the offense for the Titans. If the Bengals aren't able to have all their guys healthy, it could be a pretty productive day for Tennessee and Todd Downing and that crew. Like what yeah. I'm hearing from you guys is that Daddy was looking for stars. He's looking for that Bengals right. kind of offense. But the yeah. Titans aren't about the stars. They're about this gritty, consistent, pounded forward trench warfare kind of football. And that's, much good so. well, and that's how well, they win. Well, so you, is, you, yeah. you, you keep looking for these big players, Daddy, but they don't yeah. need that. It's the system well, that works. Well, that's true. But it's harder to market that. It's harder to capitalize on yeah. that financially, selling jerseys, selling uh, Merch. But, but John pointed out on Twitter that, look, the Bengals and the Titans since the bye week have had kind of similar defensive performances. The difference is the Titans have faced some really bad quarterbacks. Some, some quarterbacks I haven't even heard of. Davis Mills, I think, was one you mentioned, John. Never heard of them. Never heard of them. 
But the other thing, John, we're going to get John. Let's to get talk some. About. Let's get some. Let's get some clarification here because you're misinterpreting what I'm saying. I'm saying that before the bye week, before each team's bye week, both defenses were statistically identical. Since their respective bye weeks, the Bengals have gotten worse at defending the run, and the Titans have been arguably a top five defense. But the context behind the improvement behind the, the Titans improving that much is because they face the following quarterbacks: Trevor Lawrence, Jimmy Garoppolo, Ben Roethlisberger, Tua Tagovailoa. And Davis Mills. And apparently Davis Mills is the best one of all of them because he almost beat the Titans when they're trying to play for the one seed. So I'm just confused yeah. about the improvements that the Titans have made defensively and if they can even keep up and stop the Bengals' offense right now. Well, right now the big thing for the Titans, and you go back, and as I mentioned, them being healthy, you look at what the Titans did before their bye week. They beat the Chiefs, they beat the Bills. I know the Chiefs hadn't said it, but the Titans have been able to get at the quarterback by only sending four guys. Not a lot of teams have been able to do that, and so that's why you've seen a lot of the success from this team. They don't have to blitz a lot of exotic packages to get pressure on the quarterback and by doing that they're able to drop seven guys back into coverage and it makes it a lot harder for the quarterbacks that's and i'll give it to you the titans have had an easier stretch the second half of the season but it it goes back to the injuries and they've been able to just have guys step up i mean there's a reason this titans team is often referred to as the worst one seed ever it's because going back to daddy o's comment about there's not the stars the titans don't do it in a flashy way they're pounded and they're going to make sure that whenever you play this game, you're sore three days later, and then you're going into next week, and you're still like, man, they really did put a beating on us. And that's the mentality of their head coach and Mike Vrabel and why he's likely going to win Coach of the Year when it's all said and done is because this team takes on his identity, and they've just been able to, no matter who they have available, go in and figure out a way whether it looks promising or not. Yeah, I mean, Verbal has made it clear. Yeah, Verbal has made it clear. He's willing to make the ultimate sacrifice to win the Super Bowl. And you think, you know, that trickles down. Well, I can't say it on the show because we have to monetize the show. But he's willing to, you know, Can you cut hint? everything else out of his life. I mean, it's, it is, it's mm, like kind what? of... Yes. Uh, yes. Um, Are we talking about David castration? It is, yeah, yeah, basically, yes. But that's really... to castrate himself to win a Super Bowl? This is old news, man. Yes, he is on the record. This is the Wait, I've never heard this. I think you're making this up. Well, that is why the this is actually are so one of good. the that is the key things to, that yeah. Daddy has ever said. One of the first things. Oh. But I want to go back to the defensive line being banged up, because the most important member of our defensive line is Shea Hendrickson, and yeah. he suffered what is is commonly referred to as a concussion, which yes. in the old days we say just getting you know just. Basically, just knocking, basically just bumping your head. I so because yeah. I, I I have concussions all the time, all the time. All getting the time, out of bed, and we, and we well, always because, have a bottle of whiteout that we open up and right. put under his nose when he I has never the concussion know, and he wakes up. Yes, and because I I never have furniture that is my size, and so it's getting out of bed and getting out of all these things, bumping my head. But Trey Hendrickson, basically, John, he's going to be back. They said he's doing really well. He knows where he lives. He knows his mother's name and all that stuff now. He's ready to go. Yeah, he, he can do his multiplication tables. He can see red and blue pretty clearly and can separate the two. Right now, and I'm sure Denard can talk about, about this a little bit because he has experience with this type of thing being in the NFL, but the concussion protocol, there's like five stages of it. And I believe he's on the third stage where he's going through some a- actual activities, and you have to do that before... You can right. be fully cleared. So Trey Hendrickson was officially limited 
on Tuesday's practice. He was doing some team drills, but he's not fully clear to play. But just like Derrick Henry, it's trending in that direction where he's going to be out there. It's just a matter of if he's going to be fully cleared to do everything on Saturday. That's basically what I said, yeah. But uh, yeah. other than that, so you have Ogan Joby, who's gone for the year. He was a great addition. But defensive line is not in that bad of shape. I mean, DJ Reader... He's, 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 he's still there. So we, we do have the ability. I'm more concerned about the linebackers stopping the run, honestly. I'm, I'm more concerned, as always, about the linebackers stopping the run. And I don't know if you have any tight ends on your team, but that's going to be a problem if you do. Tight ends are always a problem for us. So having said all that... They do have tight ends on their team. I can confirm that. Well, then, then this is going to be a close one. Yeah. So having said all that... It is time for us to make our predictions, and I'm going to start with, we actually have a professor, a very yeah. educated man, supposedly, yeah. Dr. Hoji Dr. Kismoji, and he's here to tell us his hojoscope. Well, thank you. Thank you, guys. It's great to, to, to meet you, and if you're new to the show, and welcome to our guests, uh, though I think uh, you know, we had you, we, we, you're not, you might not be so new to the show, but if you're new to the show, you know that I love science, and I love using science to predict games. And in this case, in this case, I want to refer to a science used by the Romani people who use names to do fortune telling. Okay. And so I started to think about these teams, the, 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 the Titans and the Bengals. And what do they have in common? Well, what the Titans and the Bengals have in common is that they both lost to the Jets this year. I went back and watched that Jets game between the Jets and the Titans. You know how the Jets got ahead? Blitzing. They did a lot of blitzing and they had the, they did well with their secondary. They shut down the Titans. And then I started to put these words together. Jets, bombs, blitz, blitzkrieg, secondary, second world war. And I started to realize that, what would, that the connection between the Bengals and the Titans must be in World War II. And you go back to World War II, lot of explosions. What, guess who has the explosive offense? The Bengals have an explosive offense. It started to make all these connections. Guess who upset the Titans last year? The Bengals did. And yes, guess what? Guess what? The need, do you have the, a lot of different other things? You have TT, Tennessee Titans. And I'm not saying there's a Nazi-esque thing, but you have the SS. You have a, a lot of connections here. So what I'm saying is, what I predict, because this is a hojoscope, is I predict that just like in World War II, the, the, the underdog was, was America and they kind of just came back and, and, and won. You're going to have an underdog come back and defeat the TT, the Tennessee Titans. And it's going to wow. be really a surprise. And it's going to mainly be through the Bengals being successful, hopefully, if, Hen if Henderson comes back with the Blitz, hopefully, and doing better performance with the secondary and I'm guessing that the run won't be so much of an issue, hopefully. And, of course, you yeah. have the explosive offense. You put all that together and you have the Bengals win. And well, I think it's going to be close. Yeah. But well, yeah, be let's like go to predictions. Let's go to okay. predictions. So what is your official prediction? I would say 28-21 Bengals. Player, okay. player of the game, I'm going to go with Jamar Chase. I love it. I love it. John, please. So the really big story here is is how that Titans defense that's playing so well right now, how can they stop the Bengals offense? And it's just going to be two really well-performing units clashing up against each other. 
And that's the question because I think it can be assumed that even 50% of Derrick Henry is still a lot better than basically any other running back. So as long as Derrick Henry's out there, I think he'll be fine to carry whatever type of workload that the Titans give him. And the Bengals have not been good stopping the run lately. Like the Titans are going to get theirs when they give the ball to whoever they want to give out of the backfield. I think the Titans are going to score points in this one. It's just a matter of how much can the Bengals keep up. And just to keep up with appearances, I think the Bengals are going to lose this one really close 21 to 20. Wow. That hurts, John. No, you uh, don't Mr. understand. David. I got to say something about John here. Please I've learned on. something about John. Yeah. John is predicting losses because right. every time he predicts a loss, we win. Yeah. So he's, <laughs> he's, he's reverse jinxing. Ah, yeah. He's like the reverse jinxes. Yeah. I cannot yeah. either confirm or deny. He's, he's sacrificing his future as a senior intern here yeah. because a lot of people are piling up on John. And they're saying he doesn't know what he's talking about. So as an analyst, he's hurting his future career, but he's doing it for the sake of the team. I love it. That's how much he loves the Bengals. It sounds Mr. like you're, you're saying that my, in my analysis is not true, and I, and I object to that. See? See how far he's going to, willing to go? He can imagine a world where the Bengals lose, even right. though deep down he thinks they're going to win. But he knows yes. if, they say that if he says they win, then they lose. Then they lose. Mr. Davey Hudson, please. Yes. So uh, the Jets were mentioned earlier, and I, I thought that was an interesting game because we're talking about while the Bengals have had a great run, they've done a fantastic job at home, this game being on the road. Uh, the Bengals, I know overall, I think the record is 5-2 and two on the road this season, or at least for Joe Burrow. Uh, this season, though, since... The last time Joe Burrow was thrown for over 200 yards and more than one touchdown on the road was whenever you all last played the Jets. And I, I do think Nissan's going to be an electric atmosphere. I, am I correct in that I read the Bengals have never won a road playoff game? That's yeah, correct, but yes. That is, okay. that is true. But yeah. I, I, I was just curious going yeah. into that because it's like uh, you look at that and, I mean, it's just such a young team. And I do think experience does go well for you here. And while they're hot, the Titans aren't, they're at least going to come out. They saw what happened two years ago whenever they went on to take on whenever they went in to take on the number one Baltimore Ravens and just absolutely destroyed them the whole game. So the Titans aren't going to come out and think that they've done something. They've already accomplished something. Mike Vrabel, the stat I have to give you all is after a bye week or an extended week where they played on a Thursday night, the following game, the Tennessee Titans under Mike Vrabel are eight and zero. Obviously, coming off the bye week here for the getting the one seed and getting healthy. I think that the Bengals are going to give a great effort. It's going to be a fun game. But at the end of the day, I have the Titans winning this one, 28-17. Wow. And who's your player of the game? Player of the game is going to be A.J. Brown. I think they're going to look to get him the ball wow. early and often. And I, I could see not exactly the same amount of targets he had whenever he went off against San Francisco, but I could see him getting somewhere between eight targets and probably having about six receptions. The added effect of Derrick Henry, I think, is going to open up the play action to where they're able to hit one bomb to him over the top. And it, uh, the, the thing for Cincinnati is if Trey Hendrickson can go attack the right side of the line with David Quesenberry. He's given up 11 sacks on the on the year so far, so the Titans are going to have to look to help there. But that is the weakness on the Titans' offensive line whenever it comes to pass protection. John, did you get that Quesenberry? Write <clears throat> that down. Yeah. So, Mr. Denard Walker, please don't break my heart. I won't break your heart, but I like to say this. John knows a lot about football. Um, I pretty much agree go. with him. Let's go. Uh, I, I will say, if you guys fire him, we'll hire him. <laughs> and there's always saying that uh, 
It says, as critics, we predict, and as players, they're the ones who decide the ultimate fate of the game. If Tennessee eliminates the turnovers, that's really been their biggest issues all season. And I truly feel like in playoff times, what the playoffs are about, they're about matchups. And when you look at the game Saturday, excuse me, in Nissan Stadium, it's not going to be one on scheme. It's going to be one um, and how a guy goes against the other guy. That's why they call football a game of attrition. What I'm looking at is for Cincinnati, I'm looking at your secondary. And I look at Eli Apple and Awozu, who is a former Cowboy, and I look at the receiver core for Tennessee. I look at Julio, a.k.a. Waffle House, and I look at A.J. Brown. I do believe that the difference maker in this game Saturday at Nissan Stadium will be Julio Jones. It's going to be his coming out party, and he's going to show Tennessee why they signed him and why he is going to be a first ballot Hall of Fame. So I got – if Tennessee – well, when they went on the perimeter, I got Tennessee Titans winning this game 31-24. Wow. Well, Play, I would say this. The game being Julio Jones, right? Julio Jones. Yes, coming coming out party. But, John, you know that the Bengals have three cornerbacks who I think since the bye week are three of the top cornerbacks in coverage, right? You have Mike Hilton. You have Chidobe Awizia. And you have Mr. Eli Apple, who nobody mm-hmm. believed in. Well, one person, no. but I you. don't want to talk about that. Yeah, you might believed have been in me. Him. Yeah. Well, actually, yeah. there's also a couple of guys on Twitter. Me and two other guys. That's it. Yeah. No one else believed in him. But we I have didn't. some good corners. We have some good corners. They're good. They don't, they're really good. They, yeah, they're, they don't have the name recognition. People don't think they're good, but they are a sneaky good. They're a sneaky they're good. They're sneaky like good, but they don't get a lot well, of interceptions. Yeah. Like this show, it's a sneaky good, doesn't got to get a lot of good money, but it's a sneaky in the sense that we sneaked our way into being the number one Bengals podcast. The way, the way you that. used to, do you remember you used to sneak into my house when they cut off your water to take number right. twos in my house? He would, he would do number one in his own house and just come to my house for the number two. Isn't that disgusting? Well, you don't need to flush for that. What that's, kind that's, of person does on. that, comes Hold to your on. house just to We're getting off topic. It. We're just getting off topic. We're getting off topic. But you're the one, hold on, you're the one who always tells me to conserve water and not use the water in my house and all that stuff. So, but that doesn't mean come use the water in my house. I, anyways, Mr. Donald Walker, Davey Hudson, you, honestly, your arguments are very convincing. And I would say I am a little nervous about this game. And after thinking about it, I agree that the Bengals are going to get crushed. I think they're going to get crushed. <laughs> I, I, no, I mean, it really pains me to say it. They are going to get crushed. And the final score will be 28-24 Cincinnati. That is, that is my prediction. And how is that the crush? How is that the Oh, let me explain. They're going to get crushed on by the city of Cincinnati and all Bengals fans. We're going to have a big crush on them. Because they're oh, going man. to be heroes. Yes, they're going to be heroes. Everyone will have a crush on the Cincinnati Bengals. Right. They're going to be crushed on. Did I not mm. say that? I'm sorry. Very nicely done. Very nicely Thank done. You. Thank you. And if you have a crush on this show and, and you want us to be crushed, me and Hoji and John, you can go to patreon.com slash sports. You can also hit the join button. That's probably easier. You just click join. You can, there's different tiers that we have, Mr. Denard Walker. And 
one of them is the Rick Holly tier. He actually bought Hoji his mic, essentially. He paid for the yeah. most of the money for Hoji's mic. And he's a big fan of the show. He helped us get the, the, all these outfits that we have. Yeah. And uh, you can go there. And you can also go to the Bengals Picks. And if you register for Bengals Picks, we get $3. We get $3 per registration. So you can do that. Yes, there's the Bengals Picks. Thank you, Courtney. The link is in the description. But I you want to use the link. People, you have to use the link. Otherwise, you might end up voting for the wrong candidate or something. I don't know how it works. Your bank account will be emptied. Courtney is telling me, yes, a lot of different stuff could happen to you. So also, also make sure you go to Believe in Titans and subscribe. Leave a five-star review. I think their settings are like ours. You can only leave a five-star review when you go there. There's some sort of glitch in the system. It will leave a five-star review and subscribe you anytime you open If you app. don't leave a five-star review, the same malware that Daddy has been describing will infect your computer and your life. Five exactly. star. Exactly. But I, I personally had a lot of fun and it was very, a very pleasant experience talking to Mr. David Hudson and Mr. Donard Walker, a man who was a Super Bowl contender. He was on the Super Bowl team. 14 career interceptions. This man is a star. An honor to have him on the show. For Mr. Donald Walker and Davey Hudson and John. What would he say? John Sheeran. I don't remember his middle name. Dr. Hoji Dr. Smudgy. I'm Daddy McDook. We'll see you next time. So long. Esviti. Bye. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.